0: Morning. welcome to Blue Lotus Radio and the program is Anakalima Talk, Anakalima's talk show. And so we are fortunate to have Anakalima back on Blue Lotus Radio this morning and she's going to talk about a fascinating subject. Not that she's uh, ever talking about anything that's boring, but this is about... Um, wholesome healing. Healing, uh, understanding what it means to be uh, whole when you heal, or healing the whole. And um, those of you uh, who are listening to this on the podcast, um, we have a Blue Lotus Radio uh, platform on the, te- the Telegram. And you can just uh, search for a Blue Lotus Radio on the Telegram uh, platform and there you can see uh, all kinds of things being uh, discussed there, announced there, and you're most welcome to join us on the Blue Lotus Radio Telegram. Okay, so I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Anakalima. welcome.
1: Good morning, thank you very much Blessed one, thank you for inviting me once again. And to all the precious hearts that may be listening, I give you my love and much greetings also from the heart of the Great White Brotherhood.
0: Thank you so much, Anna Kalima. All right, so those of you who have not met Anna Kalima before, she is the messenger of the Vajra Solar Center in the Western Cape and there are two one in the north in Johannesburg and one here in the Cape and uh, she has been communing with the ascended masters oh well probably since about the age of six that's when she uh, started experiencing uh, the angelic world and she communes with them in the same way as you and I commune with each other so, beloved Anakalima, what are you going to tell us this morning? What is, uh, can you introduce your topic perhaps?
1: I think with the present global dilemma of world fatalities as far as health is concerned, particularly the effects of what we have understood to be this virus, whatever you want to call it, um, corona is quite an interesting title because it actually comes from the Spanish word crown or Latin word crown. Corona means crown. So, in effect, when you name something, it becomes, you see. So, in a sense, the crown would, in a derogative sense, mean in this literal understanding that this must be the mother of all viruses because they're crowning it and they're putting a crown on it and heralding it so they are dedicating in a tremendous amount of negative response to saying that it holds a crown of awareness there is no awareness in something that is going to destroy your health and eventually possibly remove you out of embodiment that is nothing to be crowned and there's no awareness in that it's death so we have to look at it from a very different perspective how it affects us in every single aspect of our being and we put that to one side for a moment and understand that since mankind's fall from Lemuria to now we've descended and descended in gradients into the matter plane Uh, where we are now as in this particular point in time in the year 2021 mankind has probably and i say probably because we never make emphatical statements as such but we probably the deepest we've incarnated into the matter plane the deepest mankind has ever gone and this mind say well yay no it's not it's the antithesis of your soul because the soul was never meant. To incarnate into the physical body as deeply as we have now which means that the manifestation the way the body appears because it's a manifestation the manifestation of mankind's physical experience in matter has fallen to such a level it is almost calcified it is almost completely fossilized now if we are speaking of beings that come from freedom from the heart of God, that live and move and have our being in the spirit of God and the freedom of God, this there's something wrong with this. There's something very wrong where we are in a sense almost entrapped, entombed, like the Egyptian sarcophagi, um, we're embalmed, literally. If you think about the fact that today there is quite literally nothing you can purchase, the from the point of view of our diet it is not laced with sugar and contrary to what people don't understand they're embalmed with sugar not salt they're embalmed with sugar in egypt so sugar does eventually cause a complete atrophying of your entire nervous system and the shutting down of your body and it eclipses your blood sugar levels and causes all kinds of chaos and as you've seen in little children that are obviously having just reincarnated more pure than we are give a little child that's fairly free of these carcinogens a little bit of sugar in a sweet or something and they go quite crazy, don't they? They run all over the place and they're kind of so energetic we get exhausted just looking at them. This is what sugar can do. It works in highs and lows. So if we put again that to the side and we see that the descent of mankind is the descent of dis-ease. You have to break the word up. The English language is quite a funny uh, setup. It's a linear language. It's not really feminine. It's more on a masculine side. Um, Your Latin American, Latin European languages are entirely feminine. The Russian Orthodox is a feminine language and so on and so forth. Even the, um, the Hebrew is actually feminine. Uh, So we are looking at a fall as well in the mother tongue because the language is a vehicle by which mankind must express himself. So we're living in a very dense patriarchal linear expression at the moment through the spoken word. So um, when we speak of certain aspects of the fall of man and we look at the archetype of where our consciousness now is, it is bound on a linear timeline. Now, disease is an interesting word. If we conjoin it, it's disease. If we take the word responsibility and you break it up, it means the ability to respond. You can play, you can spoonerize with these words. And the Ascendant Masters have taught me over quite a, a protracted period of time just what really words mean, like the word sword comes from the word sacred word and so on and so forth. So we have to look at it. Some people say, oh, this is just nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, but it's not. It is not nonsense. It is a literal understanding. When we start to transliterate language, um, you will begin to understand that in language uh, there are metaphors and there are meanings and there are platitudes and so on and so forth. And these things have to be taken in to understand what's really happening. Just as anyone who's fairly well read... Anyone who's schooled a little bit, perhaps involved as I've been in public speaking, um, you take the uh, so-called legal world, they wrap people around in language. The whole interplay in court is one mastermind of the spoken word as it presently stands you can wrap people up and and sell them to the devil before they even know what's happened because people do not understand the power of the spoken word and what it is really about the legal so-called judiciary systems the world know this very well they know it very well so they play with the spoken word and i'm not using the spoken word in a divine connection right now i'm talking about how we connect with one another so we'll take the word disease again and break it up. It means dis-ease, discomfort, you know, um, discourse and so on. This this speaks of separation as well. It speaks of a divided sense of awareness. So when our ease is disrupted, we have disease. And if you have enough dis ease, enough discomfort, feelings of not right. You know full well the day comes along and you're fine. You go to bed and wake up and something's not right in the system. You're feeling dis-ease. Invariably, let's cut out COVID altogether for a moment and say, invariably, there's some flu coming along and you can feel your system is a little out of it. It's either too acidic or whatever the case may be. You're sneezing or whatever, uh, maybe a sore throat or so on and so forth. Okay, there's discomfort. Where does this discomfort come from? Well, nine times out of ten is visual and audio. It is something you've seen and heard. So, at the end of the day, the dis-ease, or the state of being not comfortable, started. Its origin was the fall of Numeria. Now, if we take into understanding that the soul is immortal, and that we re-embody again and again, please, reminding some who may not have come across these kind of teachings yet, the canonical teachings of Jesus Christ was removed by the Council of Nicaea in 380 AD, just before the time of King Arthur himself. Okay. And I'm not going into that whole thing simply to tell you that if we were really to have the true teachings of Jesus Christ, the Bible would come into about three very rather thick volumes that we would need to have on our special places. We keep such books, you see, because the entire teachings of karma and reincarnation were there and the fall of man as well. Very much the fall of man uh, was definitely in those teachings in what is known as the missing keys of Enoch. And in those teachings, you know yourself, you and I have deliberated over them for many, many years now. And these teachings are there, made available. If you wish to get hold of the teachings of Elizabeth Clare Prophet, you will find that this particular book, The Missing Keys of Enoch, will give you the fall in its entirety. So without getting too pedantic on that issue, we take it back to Lemuria, which we're looking at in a timeline between 70 to 100,000 years ago. So dis-ease is nearly running over 100,000 years long in your body. You know, the great Brahma, Brahma, Vishnu or Shiva, the great Brahma stated in a mighty dictation through um, Claire Delis some many, many years ago in the prime of her embodiment that he taught us there, because Brahma is actually the same being as Sanat Kumara or the Ancient of Days or Yahweh. And he taught us and said to us, Beloved, it takes a very long time to die. I want you to think of those words, Ra- beloved ones. I want you to think of them, beloved Ralph. I know you are also referred to as Dawa. And the mystery and the enigma of these two names one day is a secret, we'll let everybody know. (laughs) But, beloved Ralph, you've got to think of these words. It takes a very long time to die. He went on. He said, you are immortal. You re-embody. And what people shockingly need to understand is that you're wearing the same body you wore now in Lemuria. Because the records are simply gathered together and released through the karma of your astrology when you reincarnate. That nine months in the womb takes the karma of astrology and weaves it like a shawl into the very sheaves, the four lower bodies of your consciousness that will take place in the matter plane. And lo and behold, you are born. And you live out, say, 75 years, you are born, and there's the karma waiting right within the very atoms and cells and molecules of your being for you and the descent through the planetary movements, which I know is very much your field, dear one. And so the outplay of karma takes place unique to every single individual in or out of embodiment. So if we go back to what he said It takes a very long time to die because he was also referring to what some know of as the second death because he did teach us that ultimately in the end we give ourselves the second death. That is another story for another time. It's not some anthropomorphic hellfire and brimstone being... uh, pointing his index finger at you with a nasty, aggressive face, saying, you know, you miserable sinner, you are now going to die. There are people who believe this. There are people who, particularly in the fallen teachings of the Catholic Church, they talk about purgatory and they talk about um, this place that we all are destined to go to. They don't ever talk about the fact we can ascend and that we're destined to become Christ. No, there is only the picture that you're destined to move into hell a very lovely picture to our picture in humanity's consciousness isn't it so if we go back now again to the fall of mankind and we understand that our father said it takes a very long time to die you've got to understand the science of the divine mother or Mater, or the materialization of the omega principle in the matter cosmos as your body is part of that, is part of the mother, always referred to as feminine. The soul, be you man or woman, is referred in the feminine principle because spirit never incarnates as such. The positive aspect of the divine father, mother, God, head, the spirit The power of the Holy Spirit does not incarnate into the matter plane. It interpenetrates into our sheaves instead. It moves into our consciousness instead. It is always the divine feminine that is in embodiment. It is the womb within the archetype of the woman that brings forth or surrogates life. Okay. So, if we're going to have hundreds and thousands of embodiments, it makes, if we just look at it gently, pretty good sense to understand we've been going for a pretty long time okay because we're taught separativeness we are taught death we are taught that we are compartmentalized well you have a soul somewhere there maybe you have a soul Um, science doesn't know what a soul is but we'll put that over there i'm being quite sarcastic now but bear with me And you have the compartments of thinking. And then you have apparently a separate compartment to your will. And then you have a separate compartment to your feeling. How are you supposed to gather yourself as being a whole person when you're separated completely? Okay, they teach this as apparently it comes under the title of science. They teach this as a science which is the direct antithesis of the science of the divine feminine Of the Mother Light and the matrilineage, the matrilineage line of the Omega, all the way to our present hour. Okay, because the womb of Omega is the matter plane, it is the physical cosmos, it is the galactic planes. Okay, because we've got to understand this Omni being, Alpha and Omega, represented in the great central sun as the Nameless One is beyond our ken as far as form and any kind of dimension we could imagine. Let's not even go there, which is why he said through his Son, Christ Jesus, unless ye are like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom or the consciousness of Almighty God. We have to accept it for what it is because at present that science cannot be delivered to you in the matter plane. The finite brain will not be able to understand it. So what I'm saying to you is the disease has been with us for centuries and centuries and centuries. And people have this nasty little pet on board called Habit. (laughs) Okay. In psychological terms, it comes under another title. Okay. In the great works of the Bhagavad Gita, it comes under the title that Krishna released of what we call... Uh, Drona, um, it is sort of like the body elemental that sometimes works with us and sometimes works against us. And Drona is very, very open to being persuaded to work against you as well, which is where addiction comes in. Have you not noticed in your life and anyone who is listening that sometimes you find yourself doing the very thing you don't want to do? You sometimes find yourself hooked up prisons, you say, I'm not... Going to drink coffee anymore. And you walk past the coffee shop and it flattens you on the pavement. And before you know it, you've turned around into the coffee shop and you're sipping your favorite beverage because it comes under this title called habit, because it's completely ingrained in your system. Um these habits that we form form the record of our karma, beloved one, they form the record of our karma over lifetimes. The masters teach you that souls. <laughs> they laugh with much mirth and compassion. Say the souls are identified through their habit. They have a particular habit pattern. One or two very serious habits that they have practiced <laughs> since the beginning. You see, which is very much linked up to oh. our kind of characteristic and our, our, our so-called personality or our personal reality and how we express ourselves in matter. This habit. This creature called habit. Is the creature that makes you go back again and again and again and again? Why? Because we, until we awaken in Christ, live in memory only, and memory is your habit. Memory is your habit. It's all we have to refer to, so we think it's okay. I would like to just say before we we break off with some music. You must understand that in the original fall in Lemuria. What was meant that mankind fell out of Eden? What is Eden? The Garden of Eden is literally the great etheric octaves in the crystal cities of light, where we come from. We fell out of grace from it. Our consciousness, in other words, descended into the physical realms. At that point of the original fall, our consciousness had not descended as far as it is now. Mankind has fallen three times so we've got to understand that the fall is in gradients just as the sinking of lemuria didn't all happen in one foul swoop it sunk in levels just as atlantis did not just suddenly plunge beneath the oceans it sunk in levels of time so in levels of time we have descended in gradients into the matter plane we were cut off from our i am presence in the original fall now anyone who knows the picture of the i am presence and has some understanding of the ship of the Christ consciousness just a little above our head about four or five feet above our head and then the out picturing ourselves in the matter plane. We originally did not require the intermediate of the Christ consciousness because we were there. We were the Christ consciousness. Therefore we had direct contact with God or Elohim. We had direct contact with the mighty archangelic legions of the great crystal cities of light and the archangelic kingdoms. You see, we had direct telepathic commune. Telepathy is not some, wow, wondrous thing, I want to know how to do it. It is a natural state of being. You are in constant telepathic communion to yourself by your internal dialogue. That's telepathic communion. But it is to you, towards yourself. Now, if you can have this full-on telepathic conversation with yourself in your head stands to reason if you raise the light in your temple you can have it with god too and the angels and the masters
0: mm. as usual it is great pleasure to talk to you anna Kalima. thank you and uh, let's have a short break and then we will continue in this vein Okay, so thank you so much, uh, Kalima, Anna Kalima. What a wonderful uh, time we're having with you this morning. Please, Prithi, I pray, continue.
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's have a look now what this word disease means. What normally happens in the process of evolution and involution to have your soul progress towards transcendence and to always, the goal is always to be more than you were yesterday to be better than you were the day before and so on and so forth God is infinitely merciful and contrary to fallen strategies life is not only about debt and paying it's about evolution it's about the purpose of evolution which is transcendence so the focus at the moment, which seems to be, you're just a bad boy, you're a bad dog, you're a bad girl, which has been quite predominant since um, our Lord Jesus Christ, in fact, even before. In fact, I would say this entire civilization that has managed somehow to surface since the fall of Atlantis, you will notice, has been one of nothing but war. If you go back as far as we can in our present so-called um, tempered and uh, nulls of history we will see that it's nothing but war which in some sense is accurate but it doesn't mean that we did not grow and go forward. So in this point in time what God does is he puts aside sometimes your karma because he can. The lords of karma, the mighty Elohim and so on can hold it in abeyance and say alright I want you to evolve you can pay this Portion Of energy you have squandered and misused back later. Go forward and multiply. He did not mean go and have 300 children. He meant go forward and multiply the light, the 144,000 points of light within your own system, so that ye become even so as I am, which is living sons. And we do not refer to gender here as is most misappropriated today. We refer to the very light. The cosmic sun, the central sun itself, because that is your destiny, is to become a living sun or divine sphere of absolute infinite cosmic light that you may eventually light up a whole world for people, even as we have that understanding with Helios and Vesta, who light up not only planetary bodies but the entire universal system as we understand it. People seem to think that light is some mysterious manifestation that is there and they're just lights in the heaven and they're just stars. Well, they are beings. For every star you see, there's a consciousness behind it. For every planet you see, there is consciousness involved in it, as you well know in your teachings of astronomy and astrology. So we have to understand that if we've been able to put off paying certain karmas, we're going to have to pay them back at some stage now this is all very good and well but lo and behold and what does mankind do he falls again and again you see at the time of Moses we did fall and we fell twice and very harshly very hard okay so that fall is for another time in another conversation I'm not focusing on the fall of man here all I need you to understand is that where people get very um, upset and indignant whether they like it or not. We've all been involved in the fall. If we were not, we would be ascended by now. If we had not, you know, if we could have overcome it, we would have ascended. We're still involved in dealing with our own particular karmas, plus the part we played in the fall of mankind. Whether it was to a lesser or greater degree is irrelevant. We were there, you see. Now, this comes back to the, 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 the vision of wholeness. You cannot separate your soul from your source. You can't separate your being from the heart of God. It is absolutely impossible. You will cease to exist instantaneously. Therefore, without your source, you are nothing. And your source is the Christ light. When we diminish the Christ light in our consciousness. When we flatly refuse to acknowledge our divinity, we start to die slowly. But should the body starts to die? It's the same as if you rather thoughtlessly really like a certain plant and you don't remove it from the ground properly and you inadvertently or whatever manage to sever the taproot, that plant will die. Even when you replant it, it will die. Because you cut it off from its source. So the taproot of the soul is divine. If we're going to be cut off from our source, we can't live. The plant eventually droops over, and it cannot even sustain itself because it has been removed from its source. These these rivers and things that man turns into dams and, and man-made little rivers and so on, when you cut these rivers off and these dams off from their source, the water dies. It eventually stagnates and dies. It doesn't flow properly and it dies because it's been cut off from its photonic source, from the source of the, the sun, the light of the sun, which is its source. You can say, well, the sunlight is shining into the water. It's been cut off from its source. You've got to understand that. If you take the bo- the, the baby out of the womb and cut it from the umbilicus before it's ready to be born, the baby will die because the source of the nutrients in the placenta and in the womb is the source of that body that's busy being formed and unfolding, and there's a precise moment when the womb will eject it, and therefore it will, by the source of the Son of God in the Christ consciousness, continue to maintain its life force through the power of the Holy Spirit at the moment of birth, because the physical umbilicus is transferred into the spiritual umbilicus, which is the breath of God and the crystal cord over your crown chakra, moving in through the brain, past the eye, the throat, and into the heart. It is your divine umbilicus, if you like. And that is only severed at death. That is only severed when you make the transition. So we must always be connected to that. However, consciously, in other words, you can have the same conversation with God that you have with yourself in some argument you're having inwardly. We have lost that touch we cannot be in touch with God anymore. The veil has been drawn across our faith, our faith. Sorry, because and yes, and across our faith because we have not come to the party. We have turned our back on God. We have seen that the waywardness of our fellow brethren is just okay. It's all right. It's okay, and we begin to art picture this, and we think it's very cool, and we think it's very funny. But at the end of the day, you are actually severing your light source of your own individual light source. And what happens, dear one, is disease enters in. Now, disease is only finally outpictured in the physical body. It does not begin there. This is where medical science is so corrupt, and this is where they fall apart, and this is why they cannot heal certain things, and they will tell you, we do not know how this works. We do not know why that happens. We have not discovered this yet or that yet. Why? Because they are presuming that disease is a physical entity only. It's the final stage of the disease. Disease starts much higher in the lower etheric body or the intellect or the mental body. It starts there. The, the astral and mental envelopes, the etheric, the lower etheric. I must make this clear. There is a difference between the lower and the higher etheric. The higher etheric is the I am that I am. It is your higher self in the glory of your God consciousness that is, in truth has never descended into matter. It is that part of you where in your blueprint that where you were created in the beginning is sealed. And you are sent forth from that blueprint and you start with the lower etheric body, the mental body, the astral body, and the physical body, all right, and the physical envelope. So, therefore, what are we referring to? We're referring to what people purportedly imagine is their mind. Now, the mind, in most people, they believe is in their head. Your mind is a lens. The mind of God is a lens. And in fact, the mind of God is the all-seeing eye of God in mighty cyclopia. The great central sun in many respects is really a mighty, mighty eye of God. The all-seeing eye of God is the great central sun. Okay. And this vision that we have holds the immaculate concept of who we are. It holds the blueprint of who we are. In the mental body, we don't have access to that vision. In the mental body, we are only dealing with the intellect, which over a period of time has become the ego. And the ego is, as we know, completely false and elusive. And The ego can become so strong that it can push the soul consciousness of the individual right into recess, where people are literally, they become, if you like, ventriloquists. And it is the ego that speaks through the form. It is not the soul itself because the soul is fast asleep. That is where disease ensues. It ensues in the mind. What you focus on as Gautama Buddha taught, you become. Where your thoughts are predominant, you become. Your pet subjects, you become. Because you focus on them. Far more than you possibly imagine you ever did. You focus on them. And this is where habit comes in, you see. So it becomes a habit to focus on in something, whatever, on a certain way. When we focus on error, this is what the masters teach, and this, of course, is a sensitive subject because um, people don't like to be told they are in error. None of us do, but we have to face the fact that often we are. When you focus on erroneous ways, when you focus on things that are not of the light and are not positive, By osmosis, you're going to practice it in your own temple. You're going to become what you're focusing on. This is why teenagers are so vulnerable, because they are literally entering into the point where the lens of the mind starts to expand and starts to actually function independently of the mother, okay, in the astral body, because there's a merging of the astral and the etheric forces. There's a merging there, and when those two forces are, Two collapsed into one another, it becomes a pathology. The masters teach that the astral body, when it merges too closely to the physical body, you become very sick and you can die. And in fact, today it is of such a a diseased state, it's very difficult to extract the astral body out of the physical because it's almost fused, it's almost become one, and this is where sclerosis comes in too is when you become the living, moving expression of your emotions. And if those emotions and feelings are in error, you are a living, walking expression of your error, and you don't know the difference. Why? Because your consciousness, which is sealed for the time being in the mental body, is not our picturing the Christ consciousness, which is perfection, which is geometrical perfection. So we keep, I always like to refer refer to the story of the little dog. Runs around, barking, barking, snapping at his own tail, and then he collapses in a heap. Because he can never reach his tail. Can we ever reach the tail end of who we are? No. We don't know who we are, where we've come from, because there's something missing. There's something missing, blessed Ralph. There's something missing, and that is the Christ consciousness. It is the interconnecting dots. It is the divine impetus that gives life, true life, to thought. Jesus said, if ye have me not in ye, ye have nothing. I am come that ye might have life, and that more abundantly manifest. So unless we can outpicture, in other words, in the physical body, in the the world of form, if we can outpicture the Christ consciousness, we're not going to do very well. We will outpicture imperfection. And when you outpicture imperfection, you become ill. The body cannot cope with it because the body, originally in the great Manus, like Vayavasvatamanu, who is the great progenitor of this particular fourth and fifth root race, this great Manu being, holds that archetype, the hominid archetype of man in his form, so that we can at least be in embodiment. Otherwise, the form itself, you know, in the teachings of Dr. Rudolf Steiner, he made this very clear that eventually there will become a time when the body will start to picture or manifest The tremendous default in consciousness and the the body itself will become misshapen. Diseases will manifest and all sorts of terrible things will take place because the incarnating processes of the mental body will manifest down through the astral body and then finally become physical, finally manifest either within the organ itself or protruding out onto the physical body because we know in true um, spiritual science that the skin is a second kidney. And the kidneys are connected to your feelings and your emotions. And when those emotions are disturbed, you have skin eruption. You have tremendous skin eruption. Why do teenagers have skin eruption and acne? Because there's disturbance in the astral world. Why? Because the astral body holds the record of every life you've ever had. Therefore, if in this embodiment certain records are up for transmutation, you need to clear them and pay them, they already start erupting through the skin at what is called puberty or the teenage years, which indicates that there are emotional imbalances there. That the body cannot cope, so it throws it out, it throws it off. It keeps throwing it off into the physical organ. Your skin is an organ, so it throws it off into the physical organ.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely incredible. But it does raise a, a big question for me. And then And That question is, what about... Uh, this strange circumstance that we're in now where people are um, fast asleep, uh, mesmerized as you say and they go and they take a vaccine with this mRNA Um, uh, this this substance is almost toxic and it uh, really causes quite a problem and uh, people are just not aware that they are enhancing uh, the processes of death if you are uh, going to succumb to this v- vaccine. Uh, how would that fit into this picture that you are out picturing here for well, us?
1: Well, well, first of all, just can I put that to aside for one moment? You've got to understand, because very few people do, what the immune system is. There's a lot of nonsense and scientific claptrap out there as to what the immune system is. But I want to give you an understanding that is simple. The masters give it is very simple, so it will give you a better understanding. You know, sometimes when you're in conversation with people and maybe topics come up and they're not very pleasant, and you'll get one bright person who will ask the question, are you immune to this? Does it affect you at all? think about that conversation. And you say, I'm not immune to it, but I'm prepared to discuss it. What are you actually saying? The immune system is intrinsically tied in with your will and your perception in your will and how you see things, how you cognize. Again, Christ consciousness. If you truly understood the power of Christ, if you truly understood the power of Christ, you would understand that nothing can harm you because you are perfected in the eyes of God. When you move out of perfection, when you move out of geometrical perfection, the word God means the geometry of divinity. When you move out of the perfection of the geometry of your own divinity, you are vulnerable to imperfection. Therefore your immune system can be completely collapsed. The immune system depends on how you see things. It is not some alien situation in your body that needs to be controlled, as some people imagine, by tablets, by vitamins, by the hypodermic needle, and that someone else has got authority over your immune system. This is nonsense. Your immune system depends on how you see life. If you feel victimized, your immune system is not going to be very strong. When we play the victim role, what happens? Most people who live in victim consciousness are normally very ill. They're sickly. There's always something going wrong isn't there? It might appear that they're little things but there's always something wearing that body down. There's always something. Immunity when it gets collapsed comes in in depression. Depression is the number one cause of the collapse of the immune system. When the immune system is taxed through depression it means that you are constantly entertaining negative thinking, negative feeling. Involved possibly even in negative actions like smoking, like drinking. Those are negative actions. And they're going to wear you down. They're going to call. There's a residual. There's a very high price to pay when you drink alcohol. Because alcohol damages your entire visceral system. It damages your bloodstream. It damages everything. And it cuts you off. There's that saying that you are entertaining the wrong spirit. The spirit of alcohol is not the spirit of God. It's the antithesis of God. So if you're going to, even if you have one sip, Our minds sound very pedantic here. One sip of any form of alcohol. You're already entertaining a spirit, a consciousness. that's not divine. You're already on your way. The Master said through our blessed clearly, once is already too much. It's simply the answer is no, we don't partake because we know at the end of the day. It has nothing to do with being puritanical or goody two-shoes. It has to do with a biological synthesis and a practical science that will tell you that alcohol is poisonous. Sugar is poisonous, and so on, and so on, and so on. Okay, so the immune system can be taxed in many, many ways. In our diet, we simply love that hot cup of chocolate. I did. We simply love these things. At the end of the day, we are working slowly but surely to break down our immunity, now, in immunity, the way we have been taught by the masters, is not an independent organ in the body. The immunity is your consciousness, Ralph. And if your consciousness is going to be taxed, if you're not strong in the Christ strain, if you're not standing within your I am presence, you will be vulnerable. And it, it won't even be alcohol that can bring that system down. It can be just simply the way you view life. Hence, victimhood. So if we come back to the situation with the vaccine, (laughs) many people who have not claimed their Christhood, for whatever reason, this is not a judgment, but when you don't claim your Christhood, when you don't claim the universality of the Christ consciousness, the divinity of your being, the geometry of your own divinity, you are likely to be herded any which way you may be taken. Okay, because you do not have foundation. You don't stand on very strong ground. So you're very easily led. People like that. The unconscious, those of our brothers and sisters who are sleeping in unconscious, we cannot condemn them in judgment in this instance. They are very easily led because they have no inner foundation. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. They don't know where they've come from, and they have no idea where they're going. They are very easily led. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So invariably, these individuals... End up headlong in doing what they think is the best. Jesus also made that comment. He said, There's a way unto man that seemeth right but leadeth to death. Death meaning reincarnation. No, no, I must have that vaccine. It's the right thing to do. Well, you're going to die because the human body cannot sustain what is within there. It cannot sustain it because it's in direct antithesis to the biological function of the body. And the subtle bodies of your consciousness, it will eventually shut it all down, poison it and destroy it. That is the long and the short of it. That's what happens at the end of the day. And often people do, as the masters pointed out to me now, often people have vaccines in self-righteous indignation as well. And that in itself is the holier-than-thou attitude. Well, you people want to be contaminants for the world. I will go and do what is right. This is self-righteous indignation. In the end of the day, unfortunately and tragically, those who have, and yes, you can shoot the messenger at this instance, who have these vaccines are the ones that are contaminated. They are the ones that are going to suffer very much in the long run and cause problems other individuals as well because we both know and this is yes I suppose it's very much a political subject but we are all onto it in the world at the moment we must know that was contained in any of these doesn't matter what country manufactures them and, and so on and so forth we know that there is only death in that hypodermic syringe and there is nothing less
0: yes and uh, that uh, thank you for that that's a good answer thank you but that raises another question for me what about people now who are asleep to this world, as you say, but they have the first jab and now they have a reaction, strong reaction. And now they suddenly wake up to the fact hey, there's something here. They start doing research and now they are waking up. What can we do to help these people? Now they are awakening through this tragic circumstance of this uh, this jab, and uh, now they are seeking um, uh, help, and they're seeking some process to restore.
1: I do not believe that the Ascendant masters and the power of given governance given them by Almighty God, like Darjeeling and our Chief Elmorea. Um, the mighty chorons of the seven rays who are our godhead, so to speak, for this particular planetary body. All governing principles according to the lords of karma must work directly from them and through them. And the very heart of Saint Germain who is the hierarch for this Aquarian age. And we know that Saint Germain's divine consort, Portia, is one of the karmic lords. Um, Kuan Yin, for example, is a karmic lord. My own twin flame is a karmic lord. Um, We have to understand that God's mercy is infinite. It's absolutely infinite. Uh, If there is repentance, um, God will hear you. God will heal you. However, you still have to pay out the situation that you have. Can I give you an example? People who commit murder... And they go to jail. Say a man has gone to jail for life. There's something very wrong in this because he doesn't actually achieve anything. You lock him away. You don't rehabilitate him. You don't offer him help. The fact is, as Darjeeling says in the laws of Karma, it's a life for a life. When he reincarnates, he's going to be taken out because he has to pay for the life he took out. You may not remove another person out of physical embodiment. You may not kill. It's against the law of God that makes a little bit of sense, right? Okay. So unfortunately, with the vaccine, you're going to have to bear the consequences of your choice. However, there is many ways you can be helped. And I do believe that the violet flame and the violet laser light, which is a very articulate, pinpointed um, usage of the violet light. You know, the, the light comes in pinpoints of light anyway. So when we visualize needle-like pinpoints of violet flame entering into our temple, we can heal a lot. And I believe the violet flame can act very similar to the substance called silica. You know, you take silica and it expunges stuff out of the body. I believe that on a homeopathic level, if people took silica, it may very well help to um, expunge these tiny nanoparticles of of metal that are in this uh, vaccine. We've seen pictures of, of people who've had the vaccine and they've put a magnet on their arm and the magnet sticks to your flesh. I mean, in the name of God, what is in there? Do you understand? Somehow, that kind of technology, which is obviously mechanized, the whole principle here, which sadly we look at has fallen, is that there is this leading towards causing a mechanized consciousness in mankind. In other words, to remove him from his Godhead. This is the sinister plot in this age we are facing, is to turn man into a machine, to turn man into part sort of computerized um. Part man, part machine. It's, it's called mechanization man, mechanization consciousness, okay, where you then use the mechanized consciousness of the fallen Nephilim instead of the Christ consciousness. Uh, you must choose. That's what Almoria says. Whom do you serve? Christ or man? There are souls out there who think they can serve Christ and man together, or it's referred to by the ascended as, as Mammon and God and get away with it. You can't. You have to make a choice. You either serve Christ and walk in the principle of Christ or the buddhic principle of the divine Tathagata Gautama Buddha, Lord of the Earth, or you must walk the way of man and suffer the consequences. I do not believe God will leave us in a situation and these souls in a situation where there is no help for them. I actually know of one particular case um, in Johannesburg now with our our blessed brother up there who's involved in healing up there and he is involved with an individual who's actually going through this right now and this individual is very distraught and does not know what to do and how can the healing take place and will the life be a state of damnation what will happen i believe there are many ways of counteracting this because if they weren't then god is not ralph then god is not that's simply as that There are many things people do in a state of unconsciousness which we really regret, do we not? Why did I ever do that? You see, and and God will heal you from that. But it doesn't mean he'll take it away. You will have to pay. Invariably, you will have to forfeit your embodiment so that you can come back again and redo things so that you don't allow this kind of alienation taking place in your system. Because the whole thing comes right back to the beginning of wholeness We are a whole being. So this kind of vaccine will not just affect your physical body. It's going to affect the astral body. It's going to affect the lower etheric body, the mental body. It's going to affect your manifestation in matter. And it certainly isn't going to be positive. It's going to be quite detractive and probably to your tragic demise, you see. So we've just got to look at the fact that we are dealing with a a massive Archangelic Kassavakia of trying to save souls who are going to make transition in not such a comfortable way and unfortunately it's the lesson they are going to have to learn.
0: Yes okay that's um, fine but it actually means what you're saying is that uh, they will carry the consequences of that particular um, injection right into the very next embodiment. Yes. There has to be some kind of outplaying uh, of, that, uh, of that alteration or the attempted alteration of your DNA. I know the mRNA doesn't penetrate all the way to the nucleus of the cell, but it approaches it. It's attempting. And there's other substance together there that are attempting to bring about a, some kind of change in the DNA. And um, this is going to bring be brought forward in the next life, and there's going to be some kind of consequence of this.
1: Yes, if I can use chemotherapy as an, an example that the Ascendant Masters teach, Pre- uh, aggressive, not really progressive, they call it progressive, but it's very aggressive, chemotherapy, I know, was what my blessed late mother endured. Um, can you imagine it, that she's in a sealed ward, and the nurse that gives you the capsule comes in wearing a hazar suit, with this capsule on a plate, and they are gloved as well, looking like someone that stepped off the moon, And they pick up this capsule in a pair of tweezers or pliers or something, and they put it in your mouth, you see. And then they remove themselves from the room. Now, if the nurse has to dress in a Hazor suit, Hazor, Hazor suit, looking like a spaceman, to deliver you something you're going to swallow into your body, I'm sorry, I leave it open. Now the masters say, unfortunately, a lot of souls who, by means of ignorance, in other words, you choose to ignore, by means of ignorance, make the transition because of chemotherapy. Chemotherapy kills you in the end, you see. You pay the consequence in your next life. It does filter out into the next life quite strongly. It depends on whether you're aware that this has happened. It depends on how much therapy you might have in between embodiments. Beloved Jesus has very special clinics if you like above Jerusalem. He has retreats there um, in the um, resuscitation temples there where people who die from or make transition from tremendous trauma usually disease or very violent car accidents and so on need to be given this calming resuscitation ray to heal them just so they can deal with the fact, because a lot of people do not accept they've died. They still think they're alive. You pass in a terrible accident and you wake up and you think that you're still okay and, and there's no reason why you shouldn't. It's quite natural, isn't it? Because death is actually not real when you wake up and, and because it's not real. I, I didn't have that accident, I didn't die. I'm sorry, you did. And they open the records and they show you, there's your family and there's everything. You have been expelled from your body. And these people go through terrible catharsis and crisis because they cannot deal with the fact they're no longer in embodiment. These are very interesting subjects these, and I don't want to digress of them too much, as Jesus has explained this quite a lot. But those who undergoes, my mother did chemotherapy. I went into, I was taken from my body, and I went into one of the healing clinics. What happened to her prior to her kind of final collapse, as it were, where she could no longer walk? was um, she was being taken to the clinic with my, my dear half-sister in, in, in Wales. She was taken to the clinic and um, she picked her up and as she walked towards the car she collapsed onto the ground and the thigh bone had broken clean in half because she had bone cancer, you see. So now the thing is, you know, the, she was then rushed to hospital and they did immediate surgery and they put a, a pin in there so she could walk. Fine. Unfortunately, as with all cancers, when you cut open the body, it gallops. It does. It absolutely goes berserk. But to cut that short, in this clinic that she was in, I greeted her very warmly. We were very bonded and very, very close, as you know. And she said to me, she says, come and sit next to me. I want to show you something. And I said to her, Mom, this is truly wonderful. She says, look. And I sat next to her on what was her bed. And she showed me her because it was the right leg. She showed me the thigh bone. And she said, my bone has healed. Look. And I looked into the leg and I saw the bone completely knitted, the etheric bone completely knitted, which means that in her next environment, she will not incarnate with impairment in that leg. The leg is healed. The cancerous situation, because interestingly enough, the right leg is also the will. It's your, your walking into life, into matter. That bone was the. I saw the bone completely fused and knitted and healed again. Now, this might sound far-fetched to some. Well, unfortunately, you, you know, as time goes, you'll begin to realize these things are real. So, the chemotherapy that she went on, she had to heal first. She had to heal with the resuscitations array. She had to heal to get the disastrous effects of what that does to the astral neotheric body. Because... It incarnates into the physical body and your cells, your atoms, your your electrons bear the brunt of the chemical fallout. Chemotherapy is nothing other than nuclear fallout in your own system. It causes the nucleus to fall out. It causes it to collapse and die. So in a sense, it, to me, it's nothing but carnage. And I will be shot in flames by certain people. There are very few people who survive chemotherapy. Very few.
0: Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for that. It is uh, putting it into quite a perspective. But as usual, when we talk to Anakalima, we get the uh, perspective of the Ascended Masters, and this is the highest teaching that can be attained in this time. It is uh, the, the wisdom that goes hand in hand with the outpouring of the etheric Christ. And this is why it's needed, because all old uh, teachings have fallen prey, have been full infiltrated, and we really do need this fresh impetus of knowledge. And uh, before we continue our talk now with let Lima, let's, uh, let's uh, have a song about the Freedom Flame.
2: Invoking violet light Each day wipes all my bodies clean My thoughts, emotions, words, and deeds Are balanced and pristine For I am joy and I set free Electrons back to victory I am the freedom flame I blaze transmuting trails of fire Through bodies, souls, and minds I spin, I spin, I spin, I spin the violet fire ignites A joy, sparks flames of freedom's chi. The polar all intent, up to God's love key. For I am joy and I set free electrons back to victory. I am the freedom flame. I blaze transmuting trails of fire through bodies, souls, and minds. I spin, I spin, I spin, I spin. The violet flames raise frequencies in every living cell Of you and me, community, society as well For I am joy and I that free, my love trans back to victory I am the freedom flame, I place transmuting trails of fire through bodies, souls and minds I spin, I spin, I spin, I spin The alchemy of violet fire Transforms our lives and plans This science lightens up the soul Enjoy this cosmic dance For I am joy and I set free Runs back to victory I am the freedom flame I blaze transmuting trails of fire Through bodies, souls, and minds I I spin, I spin, I spin, I spin
0: Right, so, we're back here, this is Blue Lotus Radio, Anakalima Talk and we're having a fascinating discussion this morning about (coughs) disease and the way karma works and the way uh, death into the next embodiment, that this is all a process and it all has to do with the awakening of the soul. And Anna Kalima is giving us the Ascended Master view and it is truly a wonderful view to absorb into your soul.
1: You know, it's it's a very sensitive subject and a lot of people do have a lot of wisdom. Um, beloved Ralph, they do they've studied and they have a lot of wisdom about things and so on and there's also the innate Christ wisdom they may not um, fully relate to that does pour through them through the power of the Holy Spirit um, and therefore sometimes what they come up with an offer does have validity it does have a reality particularly for them and maybe within the sphere of their influence and the people that they might be working with And we've learned that obviously this is not everyone's cup of tea, obviously it doesn't suit everybody, but there is a universal principle which is called the Christ Consciousness, sometimes referred to as the Etheric Christ or the Christ Consciousness, the Cosmic Christ Consciousness, that is the overall consciousness of Almighty God, the mind of God is Christ say what is the mind of God? It is Christ. It is the Christ consciousness. But from the point of view of the cosmic crust and solar logo, okay, which is so advanced we cannot even begin to understand just how particularly advanced they are. In other words, God creates universes, He creates planets and He creates all these amazing things. This is this is Christ consciousness that does this. People imagine that they can go out and create something like that. You cannot create anything that is of any worth And any lasting without the Christ consciousness behind it. Because everything needs a blueprint. Just as an architect cannot just put up a building. He has to have a blueprint. And then he puts up the temple of the building. There's a blueprint to your being. There's a blueprint to your body. But it's divine. It's absolutely divine. And you have a divine RNA. You have a divine DNA. You have a golden DNA. And that DNA, through the power of the violet flame, when it is used sufficiently in devotion and service to mankind, can overshine and correct the DNA and the problems of the DNA in the body if, and only if, it is according to God's will. If he feels that you need to, Master Hilarion put out a marvelous set of works, which he put out quite some time ago, where he taught that sometimes even all the healing modalities we have, sometimes even using both from the Ascendant Master perspective, the violet flame and the soul using it in the matter plane doesn't work. Because the lesson does require that you will make your transition and reincarnate again, because that's something you have to learn. You have to go out with it, in other words. You have to make the transition through that particular rather um, painful circumstance, because that's your lesson in life. We can't escape our karma. Karma is no respect of persons. <laughs> you know, you you yet... Each individual has their own unique karma. You have your own karma. You have then family karma, or family mesmerism, (laughs) as I like to call it. And then you have the karma of your neighborhood. Yeah. And then you have the karma of your city, then your nation, and then the world. So there's this karmic principle that follows throughout, right into international or global karma. I prefer to call it a global karma. And then we can also have the karma of the universe, you see. Which is another story as well. Because the planets are affected by our karma. They are affected very deeply by the karma of mankind. People have some very strange ideas out there about how these things work. But your karma, individual karma, particularly when there is group effects of it all over the world, can actually destroy a universe, It can shatter a universe because of the way things work. Because there's a very delicate um, infrastructure here. The universe and all the planets and stars have consciousness behind it. And it's affected by the consciousness of mankind or that particular planetary body, wherever they may be, and how they are doing or how they are not doing. We've got to come to terms at the end of the day. This is what I found in my own life, it, if it would help. You have to come to terms with the fact that, yes, I've played a role in the fall of mankind. Whether I did it knowingly or unknowingly is irrelevant. I was there. I descended into matter because I'm here. Okay? Yes, I've erred. But that's not what my life is about. That is not the purpose God created me for. Do you not think, blessed listeners, that if God created you in all his profundity and wisdom, he did not know you would not err. Of course he knew. Because we, the masters, talk about the earth as the little footstool kingdom of God. This is a schoolroom. You graduate from this schoolroom. You matriculate, if you like, to the ascension. This is a schoolroom. This is a place of learning. And if you do not know error, you cannot learn. If you do not know absolute agonizing sorrow, how will you know how to love? If you have not expressed hatred, how will you know how to redeem into love? How will you know the difference between hatred and love? If you didn't, you see, the extreme opposites, as the Tao does depict. So we are meant to experience these things, but we're not meant to dabble in them. We're not meant to stay in them. We are meant to see just how deflective some of these energetic responses can be, and that it doesn't Um, point to our purpose. It doesn't give us opportunity to expand. Consciousness is a sun. The divine consciousness of the Christ is a sun. And the sun expands and expands. The, The great central sun keeps expanding and expanding. It's not one size for the rest of eternity. This planet, there are some very, very amazing physicists who have, blink, blink, discovered that the earth is growing, that the earth is expanding. It's bigger than it was. 100 years ago or 200 years ago or at the time of Christ or wherever these magnificent telescopes and things that they use and so on that they have, that they can actually measure this in quantum reality. They can measure that the earth is expanding. So by reasonable terms, as we are the miniature earth, we are the microcosm, we are the earth, earthy, consciousness, not your body, consciousness expands. It becomes bigger and bigger, it dilates if you like, and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to become a living sun. So there's no end to that opportunity of just how you can grow, just how you can transcend. Difficult one. It's a difficult one because we tend to focus only on the very intense and sort of morbid side of life, but we need to have a look at it. We need to have a look that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Okay, if you put something out, something's going to happen, be it good or ill. If you're going to do something just for yourself, don't imagine that what you do for yourself is only for yourself. It will affect the whole world. This was the entire process of the 82 to 83,000 sutras that the Lord of the Earth, Gautama Buddha, taught. This was part of the canonical teachings of Buddhism, is that everything you do for yourself, you do for the world. So you can't say, it's my thoughts, I can do what I like. It's not your thoughts. It's my body. It's not your body. You do not beat your own heart. You do not cause your blood to move around your veins. You do not breathe consciously. This is done for you. It's not your body. You are given this body for a very short time. Because in the ascended master term, 75 to 80 years is a very, very short time. It's given to you over a very short time. And what happens when you make transition? You have to give it all back. You have to give the breath of God back to God. What do you take when you leave? Nothing but your soul and your experiences. And we have to understand we are responsible. If if there was no such thing, Ralph, as the Dharma, the Dharma is divine wisdom. The wisdom of Almighty God and the wisdom of the great Buddhas is known in Buddhism as the Dhammakaya. If, if, if there was no Dharma, we can't transcend. Now, you know that the Ascended Masters consider Gautama Buddha to have been the most advanced initiate that has ever incarnated on this planet. Okay, so if we take the, the mighty teachings that he brought us, okay, we've got to understand that, that teaching, all those teachings, those hidden teachings, those deeply occult or hidden teachings, wherefore, when you reach a certain point, when you become very advanced, and then you understand. That everything you think and say and do affects the whole. Because we are all one. There's only one body of mankind. There might be now, let's say there's 8 billion people on the planet. There's only one body of mankind on on the planet. Which is archetyped into the male and female. The Alpha and Omega principle. There's only one God. There's only one Christ. But we partake. In Christ consciousness, as a brotherhood in a fraternity above and below, in that Christ consciousness, millions and billions of souls, zillions of souls. There's only one body of mankind. What you do to yourself will affect other people. How you think, how you feel, how you operate your life will affect, in a ripple effect through your consciousness, the entire world. This is why the ascension is regarded so highly. Why is it regarded so highly? Because every human being that ascends, that light of the ascension is received in the earth and benefits the whole of mankind. benefits not only the nation, but the entire continent that you might be living on. It benefits everybody. Modern science calls it a placebo effect. And of course this is rather ridiculous, but... (laughs) I'm sure you've heard of that story, which they did many, many, many years ago, of the potato effect on the little island that was fairly populated with a lot of monkeys. And a set of scientists only went to one portion of the island. They taught the monkeys to wash their potatoes before they ate them. After doing research and going around the island, they found within a matter of three to six months, every monkey on the island was washing its potatoes. Uh, How do you do that? How do you get that out? How do you work that out? This is called what? The placebo consciousness? In other words, all there's only really one monkey on that island. There's only one consciousness that um, predicts the, the monkey, the primate consciousness, and works through it. Well, in this process, Christ works through us all. Christ works in the mystical body of God or the multiplication of God's body is this process of there's only one God and only one body. Therefore, that island, every monkey was washing the potatoes to eat them, they simply showing a few. So if we simply show a few how to live with the process of Christ and we can really affect them with it, hopefully we can get the whole world to work with Christ. And then someone will say, well, yes, then why does it happen? Because we have the Antichrist here. Because we have dark forces here who oppose this. They oppose it vehemently. They don't want mankind to wake up. They don't want mankind to ascend because the planet will ascend and where will they live? What will they live off? They are parasites. What will they live off? What does the Antichrist live off? Because it doesn't have its own source. It cut itself off from its source in the fall. Do you understand?
0: Yeah, that is um, that is so oh, so profound. That is so profound. And we know right now how the Antichrist forces are reacting very strongly. Because there are so many people at this this time who have actually turned to Christ in their prayers and um, even turning to the Ascended Master uh, teachings. So more and more people... Uh, are seeking higher service and uh, these uh, Antichrist forces, satanic forces are not happy about that because it's an undermining of their own uh, foothold in uh, this particular planetary system and this is what we have to uh, realize, we are at war at the same time, not only within our own organism We have to deal with uh, uh, health issues, but the impact in the whole planet and in the whole solar system. And I'm glad you mentioned that the planets hold karma, because unless we understand that, then... um, you know, then uh, this astrology of today is really very mundane, unless you understand It's
1: purposeless. It holds no purpose in it. It's just a lot of soothsaying. Tragically, there are some very well-meaning people who are involved in it. I do not undermine anyone who is, but the principle of what they are taught is what I question, because it doesn't hold purpose. There's no cosmological purpose in it. It's fictitious. It's based on absolute nonsense. Because we, we can look at animal archetypes that man is not animal. We are not animated beings, we are beings created in light. Therefore we are ostensibly immortal. You cannot take the archetype of an animal and principle it against your soul. Oh, you know, I'm a Taurus, I'm very much like a bull, you're nothing like a bull. What you have to do is look at the fact that the Taurine consciousness depicts a bullish nature. doesn't mean you are the bull. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Exactly. Precisely. So, thank you. We'll uh, we'll be back with Anaklima in a moment. We're just going to take another musical interlude. And here we have a song. May the angels go with you. So we're back here with Anna Kalima on Blue Lotus Radio, Anna Kalima Talk, and uh, we've been talking all about all issues around disease, but um, she advertised this talk um, as uh, wholeness. One must understand what wholeness means. Could you maybe... Uh, Uh, touch on the subject now, Anna Kalima?
1: We go back to what I originally tried to direct the conversation towards, is that we are not just a physical body. Some of us who've been on the path of spiritual science and other particular uh, sciences are very well aware of that. But the average person is not. The average person is not aware. They think that the body is the sum total. That the humors in the body in the blood and tissue organs and so on is the sum total of it. And they do not understand their own anatomy because science has reduced them to being nothing but a body. And then again, as I said in, in my one message I, I left on our um, COVID uh, healing relief group, is that science has made us out to be that we're just a bunch of nerves the brain and the functioning system of the hormones and so on and so forth. But the soul doesn't come into existence because they can't empirically prove that your soul exists. So therefore, as far as science or medicine is concerned, you don't have a soul, you're just a body. Where does this leave people? Because when you go to hospital, you are healed as a body. I once got into conversation with a very nice lady who, subsequently left actually before covid began she was assisting in one of our little pharmacies here she'd come back from australia and done her pharmaceutical training a very very special soul and um i mentioned something too i was because you know you get into conversations with people you like in shops and so on and there's the health section in the shop which i'm always attending to this pharmacy i go to the health section which she ran and she then turned around and said to me one day in conversation, uh, dear one, she said, no, but you must understand, having come straight from medical school myself, particularly that of um, medicine, the doctors today are most deliberately trained to view you as a body only you are not a soul you are a body with a set of complications they are not interested in your soul they are only interested in the fact that something in the body is not functioning it's very much like a computer science okay there is no soul involved mr or mrs man or woman the soul that is sitting in front of the doctor be it a man or woman doesn't exist you are just a functioning organism and they are trained to medically treat you as a functioning organism gone are the days when the doctors really cared for their patients and saw the soul instead of just the body. You know, Padre Pierre in his time in Giovanni Rotundo in Italy, where he founded that massive hospital, gave on its um, opening day there were all the doctors and nurses who had finally registered and who were going to practice there, um, he gave a talk this great and magnificent saint who is ascended. And he turned round and said to them, just remember one thing. And he waved his precious hand up. He slid the stigmata. He wore those gloves. And he said, medicine is not the be-end and be-all of healing. The soul of man must be healed before the body can heal, or you are wasting your time more or less in those words. So now if we don't cognize, I'm using him as an ex- prime example, if we don't cognize that there is soul, that you are a soul, you're not just a personality. What does the word personality means? It means personal reality. The personal reality comes from all these life experiences you've had. So is that all you are? You're just experience? That's all you are? A bunch of experiences? Because when you say my personality, means you're saying my bunch of experiences is all I am. You're not that. You are a soul that has those experiences. And your soul is in affliction. Otherwise, you wouldn't have karma. If your soul wasn't in affliction, why? You'd be standing next to Padre Pio now as an ascended being. But our soul is afflicted, our soul is at war, our soul is wounded. And the soul wound eventually precipitates down and ends up in the physical body. So the soul wound is what we need to have a look at. The soul wound, the departure from God, as the masters are, they will not be moved on this. When we departed from God consciousness in the fall of Lemuria, then, then disease began. Not now, not in this civilization. Disease has been with us since then. We entered into a state of dis ease because we fell from grace, and the ensuing results are what we have today. Inculcating, of course, the man fell again and again. At the time of the great exodus in Moses. Okay, Egypt is always in the Ascended Master teachings, not really physically Egypt itself as such, but Egypt represents gross materiality. It, it represents the gross. Gross, gross, heavy, heavy, heavy material, mechanized consciousness of mankind. Today we use it as a title when we say Egypt. That's really what we mean. What what the Ascended Masters mean anyway? So when we refer to our fall in Egypt, I mean we fell into materialization. We fell into materialization. You see, we became very materialized. We we became uh, very very intense. The great um, Moses, who is now Lord Ling. Um, you know that he came through in a diamond stream on Sunday, stated very clearly that the material plane is highly, highly addictive. And it takes the strongest of souls, the bravest of souls, to overcome these addictions. Because it's not just drugs and that many people and our teenagers are hooked up in drugs. There are other addictions that in many ways are far worse because they come over millennium, You can even be addicted to the way you present yourself to people. This is ego persona. Addicted to the way you dress. Addicted to the things that you say because you think they sound very clever, so you keep saying them. And you repeat them and you repeat them, and you are sowing in your little garden some really monstrous weeds, you see, that have to come out at the end of the day, otherwise it will choke the garden to death. So we have to just be aware that consciousness in the soul is not the same the mental, etheric body, the mental body, your intellect, the processes of the intellect or the faculty of reason. This too has fallen. The faculty of reason in mankind has fallen. Why? Because it's it's busy being welded to a machine. The intellect is busy being welded into artificial intelligence and we know well the scenario there. Mechanized man, this is why they pushed the concept of these devices far too early. And the great um, Dharma or Lunello, who's in a great ascendant being now, stated very clearly towards the end of his embodiment and when he ascended, in fact informed, as far as he was concerned, El Moria in a conversation where he said they did this deliberately. They most deliberately brought in the technological age now because they knew mankind is emotionally backward, that mankind is not sufficiently mature in his soul to deal with technology and to deal with it and use it as a tool of advancement rather than a weapon. So what could be a great advancement for mankind is now being used as a weapon which is to mechanize your consciousness through the lower mental body. This might sound like something like science fiction to others it's a divine reality.
0: Hmm. Thank you, yes, that's, um, that's uh, very thought-provoking indeed. And so um, the healing process uh, must start already within the soul for it to be true healing.
1: You've got to contact your soul. Most people have soul parts that they've lost in previous embodiments. How do we get back soul parts? We get it back through the violet flame. You can't now go into neuro-linguistic programming. And then you get these souls apparently going to fish out your previous lives for you. Sanat Kumara has forbidden hypnotism. He's forbidden it to the light bearers, the 144,000. Why is he forbidden? Why is it karmically forbidden? Because it is the one area you can be damaged the most. If they get into your psyche, if they get into the subconscious womb of Omega, which is truly what the subconscious mind is, they can destroy you. They can shatter your life and destroy you because you are not awake yet. We are not fully awoken yet. Therefore, we have no means by which we can overcome such interference. So the soul has to be healed, and we heal it through the love of the Ascended Masters. We heal it through the Master Mind, which is Christ, the Divine Mind, the super-divine cosmic consciousness of the Cosmic Christ, which sets mankind free and sets that mental body free. When you have that Divine Blueprint, of the cosmic Christ consciousness in the buddhic realm you can heal everything and anything you can heal the soul and its afflictions you can heal the damage in the psyche which then will bring the healing right down through the lower mental body through the astral body into the physical body which is the final port of call it's the final envelope so healing has to take place from a very deep level you cannot just go in buy a bunch of medicines and say I'm healed can't do that because you're only healing one body. We have more than one body. So we have to heal the whole being, the whole man, the whole consciousness, the whole eye as in the all-seeing eye of God. The whole vision of your consciousness must be healed in the geometry of divinity, your own divinity in God. This is why Jesus, you know this has also been taken a lot out of the Bible beloved one, do you know that? That Jesus in all his healing he commanded the soul, he said, be thou made whole. And then rise from the bed or rise from the palate. Or now you can see you're no longer deaf and numb and blind and so on. Or, or the, the dreadful um, <sighs> diseases at the time that afflicted them were healed. He said, be thou made whole whole how did he do that well i'll tell you how he did it he explains how he did it he took his own divine being his own blueprint and when he stood in front of the person who was to be healed he visualized them within his own divine blueprint it's very much like rewriting a cd he put the master cd over the corrupt cd and rewrote the program does that make a little bit of sense That is how it really, really works. So when we say, be thou made whole, we must first of all be whole ourselves. We must be whole ourselves if we're going to be true healers to heal another. Otherwise, you are not really assisting the situation. You're bringing comfort. You're bringing comfort, which we all need. But you're not really bringing true healing to that individual because you yourself are not whole. And the masters warn of this. They warn very clearly of this situation. It is one thing to try and help one another. But if you want to truly heal someone, you have to be whole yourself. You have to be made whole. That means that your four lower bodies are in perfect alignment with their geometric blueprint. That your threefold flame in your heart is balanced. And that you are one healed soul in the heart of Christ consciousness. Then you can heal anyone. And Master Halerian in that divine thesis that he put out, said there will come a time as we go towards the golden age where this healing will be known everywhere and this healing will take place and all modalities of healing that are artificial will be completely removed. Because even the path of homeopathy is, in many cases, misunderstood because they don't fully understand the principal workings of the soul in the four lower bodies. That's why people often laugh at homeopathy and they don't understand its principle and they don't want to work with it because it's a science that's not fully evolved yet. Because it doesn't include this understanding. Again, it's compartmentalized. Well, this particular plant heals that, and you know, yes, but you're a whole being. You can't just heal the affliction. You can't just heal the wounded arm or the wounded lung. You must heal the whole man, the whole woman. If I'm sick in some part of my body, it means there's a manifestation that's taken place that's showing itself in that particular organ or that particular area of my body. Perhaps it's the skin itself in a rash or something like that. That rash is linked to state of my consciousness, to state of my awareness or non-awareness, so therefore the rash itself is a is merely a manifestation. That's all it is. The real affliction and the cause of the rash sits in my mind. Therefore my mind must be healed. My mind consciousness, my soul must be healed. Then my body will heal instantaneously. That is called being made whole. No ascended being, no cosmic being ever just sends when we pray for healing We obviously don't understand the intricate working of it, and it's fine. You don't have to. But if you want to understand it from a divine scientific purpose, no being in the etheric cities of light and the healers and so on and so forth, the divine cosmic healers, simply heals the affliction itself. The whole being must be healed. The whole body must be healed. Otherwise, there's no point in it. Because you know why, Ralph? That disease will simply manifest somewhere else as something else.
0: Mm. Right. Uh, that's that's uh, that's profound. Thank you. So let's uh, have another song. So, beloved Anna Kalima, I've uh, been doing some of my own research and I have come across this understanding of the med pods. And the med pods is now being a declassified military knowledge of a kind of pod that you lie in, which can uh, create a kind of um, synthetic uh, envelope to help your etheric body grow for example a limb back so you could have lost your limb and uh, this technology has been worked at in the military for so many people have lost their limbs in the military and so now they want to make this technology more available and so some of these med uh, pods or beds are coming to four And my question is um, uh, first of all, what about the comma involved with uh, a person who now has this kind of interfere into well interface interface with this um, very advanced technology where they can stimulate the growth of a leg when you've lost a leg or a limb.
1: What has been flashed through to me from the Master is that mankind again has to be very humble in these processes and understand something that no healing, even if it's partial, in other words symptomatic, no healing, even if it is taking the proverbial headache tablet, no healing ever takes place without the permission of Almighty God. power of the Holy Spirit. If you're given symptomatic relief from pain, it is because God allows it so. If you're given a healing of that nature, God will allow it so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now people have got to understand the Holy Spirit is not something that you only see inside the church. The Holy Spirit is that divine agent by which everything and anything that ever happens on this planet happens. Nothing on this planet ever happens without the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing good, nothing positive, nothing will ever happen in your soul that is divine without the aid of the Holy Spirit. It is the divine interface that makes manifestation possible. Without the Holy Spirit, there will be no manifestation whatsoever of any kind on this planet. So if we look at what the Holy Spirit represents, it represents what? The Spirit of God. It represents the Spirit of God. So the answer there would be to understand, as the master has flashed through to me, if God gives permission for that healing, it will happen. If not, it won't happen. Maybe he gives permission for that healing and this individual who lost his leg in war, let's say for example, might be given that healing as compensation because there is such a law as compensation, a divine law of compensation. Or it might have been a lesson he's had to learn to lose that leg for whatever reason. But if he has not fully learnt that lesson, he will have to learn it in some other way. If not, come back and lose the leg again because he didn't learn his lesson fully. Remember, we are a whole being. We're not parts of. The body is an entire being. It's not separate from its own innate nature. If you hurt your hand, your entire body will be put out, going right up to the etheric body. It's an intelligent system. It's a divinely intelligent system. The body is intelligent. Intelligent divinely intelligent sentient in its nature. It is elemental. It is elemental. We have earth, fire, air and water. The body is elemental in its intelligence. Therefore, in the elemental nature of our body, that intelligence must be a little bit autonomous because if it wasn't, we would all die because are we going to concentrate on beating our own heart? Are we going to concentrate on how to bring air into our lungs and circulate our blood? We can't do that, can we? No one has ever achieved that, have they? So the elemental consciousness of the human body is in itself sovereign. And that has to be healed as a whole being. Not only the foot or the hand or the arm or your heart or your left ear or your kidneys are hurting or so on and so forth. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is an incredible understanding about these med beds or the med pods, that uh, they've been apparently working on this technology for a long time, and um, yeah.
1: Yes, but is you've got to also look at is that alien? Is that alien technology that's come through? Then again, you are already looking at something that's a little bit forced and a little bit suspicious.
0: Yeah, so it's bringing in something that has. Um, it's like uh, bringing something too early. Say again. Bringing something forward too early. Preempting. Preempting it too early in the, yeah. the destiny of humanity. Like the
1: cell phones and the devices are preempted. They are yes. brought in too early because emotionally mankind doesn't have the responsibility and maturity to look after his, his, his fellow brethren. I am my brother's keeper. is not apparent on the planet at the moment. But, oh boy, I'm the most intelligent boffin on earth. Look, I've got computer science behind me. But I don't care the fact that people are dying. I don't care the fact that the people are starving. I'm just going to do this work because that's what I'm doing. This is called emotional irresponsibility. This is mean we, This means we're defective. We have a situation on the earth now, Ralph, very obviously, where more than half the global population are in levels of poverty down to absolute abject poverty. But there is enough money, there is enough infrastructure on this planet available to completely change this, and very quickly, that not a single man, woman, and child in embodiment ever goes without food, shelter, medical requirements, and yet we don't do it. But we're all very interested in sending rockets to the moon. There's something wrong with this.
0: Yeah. Now this um, AI or artificial intelligence is another very uh, um, amazing uh, thought-provoking because now with uh, implants that you have now and some say even these uh, injections that um, they can track that on a computer, they can connect you to artificial intelligence and... uh, uh, people can be controlled so you, humanity is there's an attempt to control humanity through artificial intelligence taking place right now so there's going to be huge fallout uh, where people are more alienated from their true selves than ever before so there will be illnesses and. As as the Ascended Masters have said, there's uh, many illnesses that are going to emerge just because of these vaccinations, new illnesses that hasn't been here or or, that hasn't manifested to the extent that they are manifesting at this time. Can you say more about that?
1: As a whole being in Christ, if we are going to be that that God intended us to be, as a whole being as, for example, Gautama Buddha was, as the Messiah Jesus Christ represented as a whole being and other great um, avatars of our time, yes, even in this present post-Atlantean civilization, As a whole being, we don't require anything that is mechanical or artificial. Anything Jesus has taught that is mechanical, you must view to a certain extent with, I wouldn't say suspicion, but be aware that this is something that has no reality in itself. Therefore, it must have purpose. If it cannot be put to divine purpose where it serves, then instrumentally it must be regarded as a weapon which can and will be used against mankind. Saint Germain, in his great prophecies, um, revealed to us that Poseidon, which sank more or less where the Hebrides Islands are and close to the Isle of Man and so on and so forth, up there towards the Arctic Pole, or when that, which was the final last leg of Atlantis, um, it was also the very most advanced, advanced, stage of Atlantis, because mankind thinks they're advanced now, they're not. They, they they pale in comparison to the level of advancement we had on Poseidon. And um, when Poseidon sank, and the great high rock of Poseidon was Casimo Poseidon himself, when it sank beneath the waves, as it were in its entirety, when it finally went down, there are places there that are sealed hermetically by the Elohim, that do have instruments of such an advanced nature that if it were to be found and revealed now could basically decimate this entire planet. So we have a situation there where we have, as Saint-Germain says, instruments that will only be released to mankind in the golden age to enhance the golden age because they will be used from a point of view of enhancement and not as a weapon. Because that's the present consciousness we have on this planet is predatory. There's a predator consciousness on this planet, um, beloved one. And that predator consciousness seeks to devour the children of God, seeks to destroy them and will use anything and everything he can as a weapon against them instead of something to serve humanity and the evolution of mankind. People must wake up that this is a reality. There is predator consciousness on this planet and it is set against you. Yes, you. It's set against all of us because it's determined to destroy us. Why? Because that is the nature of the fallen angel. That is the nature of the Nephilim because they have fallen and their nature is to bring down the whole of the galactic planes, the whole of all the planetary bodies to bring them all down against their own wrath against God because when they fell they were thrown quite literally out of the etheric octaves and therefore not allowed to return. Mankind can return to the process of the ascension. Mankind can return through the process of transcendence, of overcoming the lesser self. Each day we are better than the day we were before is a very, very important understanding. Whereas the fallen consciousness does not embrace this because it is the antichrist. It is the absolute antithesis of transcendence. So that is the predominant consciousness on this planet right now. And there are people, tragically, who offer themselves up, whether they know it or not, unwittingly or otherwise, to this consciousness. Because if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And if you're going to run around and get involved in all sorts of things that ultimately are to mankind's demise, you are part of it, whether you like it or not. So there comes this whole principle of the fall of man. I and mean, when we are literally heading for another fall in consciousness, mankind is heading for yet another fall at this point in time. And, and it cannot be condoned because we are at the end of an age. When the Capricorn age closes in the next 4,000 years, that is the end of this age. That is the end of this millennium. That is the end of this cycle. And those who have not made it will not be joining that cycle. They will be moved to other planetary bodies because they are part of what is known as the laggard consciousness.
0: Yeah, that is an amazing thought. You see, um, beloved listeners, this is something that Anakalima is touching on here, where the person, people who are not awake, are not aware of this uh, profound predator consciousness that is uh, uh, sharing our timeline, but they are of a different t- timeline. Yes. Okay, let's take another break and then we'll continue with our uh, beloved Kalima. listening to Blue Lotus Radio to Anakalima's talk and we've been having a very interesting talk this morning. So thank you for coming to talk to us, Anakalima. So we've uh, been going now for a good two hours and Anakalima let's uh, bring it to some kind of close now and uh, whatever you want to bring to Bring it to a closing point. It's over to you now.
1: Yes, I think I'd just like to say to everybody that many of us know that things are not right on our blessed planetary home, Um, not just because we have rogue governments doing what they do, but within the whole bulwark of mankind's consciousness, there's definitely a state of anarchy, which means severance to separate to divide, divide and conquer. Um, and the illnesses that result in the body of mankind are all to do with separation. Hence, I said originally, can't separate yourself from your source. Okay. Um, ultimately, in very plain English, at the end of the day, that particular satanic force is seeking to divide you from your God, is seeking to divide you from the Christ consciousness in the Buddhic realm, is seeking to divide you from your source and from whence you come and whence you shall return, and divide you from all forms of happiness and joy, which is the natural state of our being in our God-consciousness, and our ability to create, to design, to live, to fulfill, to inhabit, to be, to live and move and have our being. But I want to just remind you all, please, in my own 60-odd years of life experience that I have had here, in this particular embodiment of mind, I can tell you that there is no power but God that can act, okay? God Almighty is and must never be undermined at all uh, because you might get a very big surprise if you do. Um, There's this thing that goes around the world that God is either dead, as Nietzsche once claimed, um, and that God has never been active since the time of um, the Exodus in, in the desert with Moses and so on. This is absolute rubbish, uh, Almighty God and the power of Elohim and the great Archangelic Kingdom have never been more active and closer to mankind as they are now in fact um normally, this is the time when God is closer than you think, just when you think God is nowhere around or perhaps forgotten you, that is when He is closer to you than you could ever imagine. The whole idea of God, we've got to take the anthropomorphic image that's been painted about God out of the way and realize that the divine reality of Alpha and Omega is love, divine love and absolute love, which is, from the ascended perspective, given in the ruby ray of the great crystal rays, the the ruby ray love, the undiluted love of Almighty God, can never, ever ever be anything other than it is and it's experienced the Ribby Ray is experienced in the Eucharist it's experienced in the body and blood of Christ when we partake of the communion when you partake of ascended consciousness when you read the work when you hear the mighty diamond streams and dictations and so on that come through the accredited and appointed and anointed messengers you will find that you can then partake of that substance drop for beautiful immortal drop of the Christ consciousness, you see, which comes through the Eucharist, which comes through the transubstantiation of the symbolic, iconic grail, wherein the blood of Christ is placed drop by drop, and the body of, of the Christ is the Dhammakaya, it is the divine wisdom of the Buddhist knowledge, it is the wisdom of the Divine Mother, which gives us the impetus to become better than we are. Um, This power is the power that created everything. This power is the absolute supreme gnosis of all wisdom. And it is far bigger, far greater, and far more intense in its macrocosmic reality than any form of evil ever could be. So when you, the individual, the soul, decide to fully align yourself back into your Christ consciousness, remember that you are aligning yourself into the universal macrocosmic whole. You're not aligning yourself into one being. You're aligning yourself into the macrocosmic whole of which our blessed Jesus Christ is a very great symbol of. But there are also other ascended masters who are that Christ because they've become that Christ by reason of their ascension. We can also draw down that light through the Christ consciousness of Saint Germain, for example, or Beloved El Morya, um, Beloved Kuan Yin, and so on and so forth, because the Buddhic light streams forth from the Christic light you can't have one without the other. That is that is one reality you have to learn and understand. Buddhism is not separate from Christianity. It's the same stream. It's just moving ever upward and higher and higher. The Christ consciousness opens and awakens the heart, and the Buddhic consciousness opens and awakes the crown chakra and awakens the luminosity of divine cosmic intelligence, which is absolutely all-pervading in everything and anything that is around. We have got to come away from being a little bit obsessed at looking at the dark. Because remember what I said to you in the beginning, the mind is a lens. Where you are, here you are, if you focus on the negative, the mind is a lens and the heart is a magnet. So if you're focusing on something negative, you're going to magnify it in your heart. And we all know that feeling because it's called fear. We all know what fear is like and it gets bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you become completely overwhelmed by something you fear. Okay, be it the proverbial boogeyman under the bed or a fear of heights or, or whatever the case may be. You can actually make the fear happen by magnetizing it so deeply in your consciousness that it comes to bed. Reality, it, it manifests. It comes before your life. We are co-creators with Almighty God. The, the choice at the end of the day is ours. The choice is whether we're going to align ourselves with Christ or realign with Christ or realign with the Buddha or we think that the, our little petty ego is far bigger and greater than God and carry on. Well, then, please carry on. These individuals must carry on. They are going to walk the short blank. Because when they fall off that plank, there's an abyss waiting for them below. Because the great ship of cosmic intelligence isn't going to wait for you forever. And you will end up walking by the plank by your own osmosis. So you've got to decide for yourself what it is that you truly want. You know, in, in, in the Native American teachings, they talk about which wolf do you feed? Um, the bad wolf inside you or the good wolf? Because the little boy asked his grandfather, which is the most powerful wolf? The black wolf or the white wolf? And the grandfather, the, he looked at him and the Apache man looked at me and he said, my son, it depends on which wolf you feed. Hmm. So if you're going to feed negativity, you're going to have a big black bad wolf growing in your consciousness. You with me? Before you know it, that wolf's going to take over your life because it's going to be bigger than you. Why? Because there's lots of wolves out there that are dark and black. And if there's one body of man in the light, there's one body of man in the dark. That's what the Antichrist is. The Antichrist, Ralph, is none other than the conglomerate of everybody's negativity put together, of the antithesis of the negative self, the dweller on the threshold. It is the group manifestation of negativity of mankind. That is what the Antichrist is. And it keeps growing because people keep feeding it. So that wolf is pretty big by now. It's pretty huge out there. In fact, it's a monster. So we call it the Antichrist. So you've got to decide at the end of the day which wolf you're going to feed. If you're going to feed the the white wolf, if you're going to work into the light, the divine crystalline white light, then by that very process you will overcome darkness because darkness is ignorance. All darkness, no matter how evil it is, is ignorance. Why? Because it chose to ignore the light. Darkness chose to ignore the light. So it just grows and grows of its own nature and its own substance is absolute ignorance. We can overcome ignorance by becoming the light. Therefore, drop by drop, we neutralize the darkness of ignorance and we transform it. We don't hang it. We don't shoot it at dawn by military gunfire. We don't drown it in the bottom of the sea. We don't burn it to death. We overcome it. We transform it from the bad black wolf into the white wolf because the shadow is nothing other than ignorance. And if you're going to educate ignorance in the true divine light, the wolf will wake up and realize it's not a bad wolf anymore at all. I've had some very, very profound occult experiences with this subject, but not with a wolf, with a lion, with an African lion. And I can tell you, it was the most profound experience, one of them I've ever had. I once relayed that issue to you, where I had to overcome this lion and it was something else, and I'm not going to go into it now. But I know that the end of that situation, the processes I went through, and when the masters therefore spoke to me afterwards a few days later, I then finally understood. And that very lion that I had to overcome then got up, turned round, and spoke to me. And he laughed in my face, this lion. He said to me, you cannot kill me because I cannot die. But now we are one. We will go and transform humanity back into Christ consciousness. Because that lion represented the negative antithesis of the consciousness I had presently produced in this lifetime about life. The negative self, the the not self, the dweller on the threshold, the negative aspects of constantly putting oneself down, constantly denying one's divinity, constantly saying I'm not worthy, constantly feeling that you're nothing. All that adds to it. And then believing in fear itself and amplifying that fear because you cannot, you mesmerize mesmerized by it. You cannot pull yourself away from it. So you create your own devil. The word devil means <coughs> deity impregnating evil and evil means an energy veil. So deity represents consciousness. So the word devil means the consciousness you impregnate into the energy veil. That's what devil means. Consciousness you impregnate into the energy. Energy veil, that's what devil is. It's deified evil, but it's fallen consciousness. Therefore, you're impregnated into the energy veil, which is static. It's dead. It's not moving. So it becomes very dark. So you decide. You decide, are you going to participate in further ignorance and ignore the fact that you come from light and you're going to return to light? There is only God. There is only Christ. There is only the buddhic, atmic mantle of immortal consciousness macrocosmic consciousness in the heart of the mother or are you going to insist in egoic consciousness which is your black wolf. It's entirely up to you.
0: Great. Thank you, Anakalima. That's a good uh, point to, to uh, end on, I think. Unless you want to say a prayer or something.
1: I think just to round everything off, we call now... To our own holy Christ self-consciousness we call through the buddhic mantle of our own higher self. I call now in the name of my own holy Christ and buddhist self to the very light of Archangel Michael. To the very light of the mightiest trail of your cosmic circle and sword. And we say, O oh Divine Mother, O oh Mother Kali Divine, for such as thou art, so thou art in the name of the glorious prince of the archangels descend now into the matter plane and lock your cosmic circle and sword around all evil around all energy veils around all the darkness of ignorance that does indeed shroud some People's and some blessed souls' best intent, bless them, seal them, heal them, lift them up, and reveal them, that they may know that there is only God, there is only light, there is only love, there is only peace, there is only immortal consciousness of the immortal Christ, and all else is by nature ignorance. I do ask, O thou divine Mother in the heart of Mary, and thou immaculate heart, and through the sacred heart of Jesus Christ, that you will take. Bless, heal and seal all who call to you right now in this moment to help them overcome their transgressions of working tragically in the light unknowingly or knowingly and to be done with it, to put it aside, to ask for the consciousness that awakens so that ignorance is not a choice anymore, that we can put away this need that we don't want to know That we do want to know, we do want to become, so that we can awaken in Christ and awaken our brothers and sisters in Christ. And by this process in itself with the divine love of the cosmic Christ principle in Lord Maitreya, we will overcome all outer darkness, all ignorance and the darkness of ignorance. For the light of God always prevails, the light of God always prevails, the light of God always prevails, and we know that there is no power but God that can act. And always remember, always remember, always remember, evil is not real and its appearance has no power. It is only the lens of your mind, your belief, your focus that empowers it. Simply withdraw that focus, withdraw that belief and place it upon the light. God bless you all.
0: Ah, Thank you so much, Anakadima. Wonderful. Thank you. And, um, uh, you've been listening to Blue Lotus Radio, and, uh, the program is Anakalema Talks, and I hope that you've enjoyed today's program, and, uh, from time to time, Anakalema comes on to Blue Lotus Radio, uh, to talk to us. And, uh, you can join our platform on Telegram, Blue Lotus Radio on Telegram, and, um, Uh, There are announcements that are made uh, there. So you're welcome to join that platform. Okay then, enjoy your day and uh, let's hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.